worship the Lord. You know, our, this entire service is worshiping the Lord. Amen? Yeah, amen? In every aspect of it, in every way of it, with the tongue interpretation, with the worship, with offering of the message, we're just here to worship the Lord, his goodness in our lives. Amen? So Deuteronomy 28, uh, the Lord just had put this on my heart recently. I'll probably do a couple verses of the next couple weeks uh, for offering. But Deuteronomy 28 talks about the blessing. The blessing, the blessing, the blessing. And I love reading the blessing because a lot of times the world wants to remind us of the curse. Actually, it does it even without trying most of the time. It just reminds us of the curse. But I always love to remind myself of the blessing and read it over and over. And I'm going to read uh, verse 2 and then verse 8 and then we'll pray over our offering. It says, in all these blessings, everybody say all these blessings. That's right. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Not just a little bit of blessing, not just a fractional blessing or just a little bit. I'm saying overtake you. Have to think of ever been in the ocean? Ever been in the ocean and a wave that you were not expecting to come? How many ever, right? You guys are, you're just wading in the ocean. You're just like, oh, this is so wonderful. And you're like, is that a big wave coming? You know, and you're just like, oh my gosh. And that's the type of overtaking that God's blessing does in our lives. Really knocks us off our feet in a good way, right? Knocks us off our feet in a good way. His blessing shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And then verse 8 specifically in regards to our finances and uh, um, our resources says this. The Lord will command the blessing on you. Not just overtake, but he's commanding it to happen in your life. Command the blessing on you in your storehouses, which would be our accounts, the things that we have, and in all to which you set to your hand, every, the work that you do with your hands, whether you're parenting, whether you're grandparenting, whether you're working, all the works of your hands are blessed. And he will bless you in the land, the house, the area in which you live, which the Lord God is giving you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the blessing that is from you. Father, I thank you, Lord, that it overtakes us. Lord, that you command the blessing as we walk in obedience to your commands. So, Father, we just pray a blessing over each giver. Father, all the tithes and offerings and the money given to see the debt reduced on this church. So we just give it all to you. We give you the honor and the glory for it. And, Father, I just pray, Lord, that as... as the message you gave me this morning that, including me, that my eyes would be open, that my ears would be attentive to what you have to say this morning. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, well, we're in the middle of a series. We're about in the middle of it. I think we've got a few more weeks to go. Uh, and the series is called Spiritual Disciplines of Abstinence. Spiritual Disciplines of Abstinence. And if you haven't been here the past couple weeks, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of those uh, recordings in the podcast, because what we're walking through is we love, I say this every week that we're doing this, we love the spiritual disciplines of action. We love the action ones. We want to do, we want to do, we want to do. Can we do more? Go faster. Do it again. Start again. Here we go. Let's go. But the Lord is also has spiritual disciplines in our life of stopping, of abstinence, of saying, you know what? I am not going to be controlled by this situation. I'm not going to be controlled by my flesh. I'm going to actually take a minute or a pause and breathe in. Didn't we already talk about today? Just pause for a second to stop and to breathe 
and to invite Jesus into our situations. And we've been talking about a lot of different things, and I have a testimony I want to open with that I want to share. Uh, so uh, one of my daughters, uh, Anna, is going to be moving to Rochester, New York. And she got a ballet contract, and we're super excited for her. And as any good parents, you know, I mean, as you're able and have the time, we went on an apartment hunting trip with her on Tuesday of this week. And we're just like, you know, we had all these apartments picked out. We're like, you know, the price range here, a little bit more expensive. And we're like, this is going to be a great trip. And we're speaking positive over this trip. We're speaking the blessing over this trip. Like, this is going to be an amazing time with Anna, and we're going to find the place. It's going to be awesome. So it's three hours away. We leave around 6 a.m. in the morning, and we arrive in Rochester at 9 o'clock. And we pull into this cute little town of Pittsburgh, which is outside of Rochester. We have this amazing breakfast. I mean, it's like, it's this great breakfast, cute little shop, this little town. We're like, man, this is great. This is great. And then we start looking at apartments. Well, you're not in Erie anymore, is what I learned. And what you can get for an apartment in Rochester is nothing like what you can get for an apartment here. It is so much more expensive. And we're just like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And so we see this apartment. We're like, oh. And we go to another apartment. We're like, oh. And we go to the next apartment. We're like, oh. Like, and time is ticking. Like, we got one day in Rochester to find an apartment. And so now we're like, we're starting to get stressed. We're starting, like, just like, what is going on? This is ridiculous. What is this? Are we even hearing the voice of God? Should she even be in Rochester, right? You start, all, like, all this pressure and stress and anxiety begins to try to infiltrate our car as we're driving around. And so we're driving around. It's like, I think it's 2 o'clock at this point in time. It's 2 o'clock. And we are just stressed. We're feeling depressed. We're feeling all of it. We're driving through Rochester. And I don't know which one of us said it, but was like, hey, why don't we stop? Yeah, my daughter, who's been listening to the Spiritual Disciplines of Abstinence series, and she's like, I heard like a guy, a pastor, like say something about, hey, if you're in a situation, you're feeling stress and anxiety, you should stop, pause for a second, put on some worship music maybe, Dad, maybe a little worship music. And pray for a second. And we did that. Thank you, Anna. And we did that. It was 2 o'clock and we did it. And we had to make a decision about something. And in a short period of time, I won't go through all the details. But that decision was clear. We said no to this one thing. And I tell you, I, I kid you not, an apartment that was not supposed to be shown, that she was like, this apartment can't be shown until tomorrow. She calls us and said, we want to show you this apartment. I can make it happen at 2.45 p.m. today. Can you meet us there? Yes, I can. And so we got in that car. I ate the fastest Italian lunch I've ever had in my life. We hit the lunch place, and we got to this place. And guess what? That is the apartment that God had for us. And so for me, it's just, it's like, Lord, this stuff works, <laughs> you know? And my daughter had to remind me you know, the pastor who's preaching on it, to, hey, everyone, when you're in the midst of a situation, in a circumstance, sometimes you just have to stop. And we just have to pause. And we just have to say, Lord, what do you want? I'm just going to focus on you, not on my issue or the problem that we have right now. 
And it's been, it was a wonderful time. We're super excited about the apartment. I mean, it's perfect. Not a little, it's like perfect. And it's hundreds of dollars cheaper than the other ones we were seeing. So, I mean, we can clap again for God if we want. I mean, come on, guys. That was awesome. It's just an incredible testimony. Anyway, I'm excited. Okay, so what is a discipline? Talking about spiritual disciplines of absence. I don't believe I have the definition, but I just want to read it. This is from Dallas Willard, a theologian. I believe he's also a pastor. says, a, dis- a discipline for the spiritual life is nothing but an activity that is undertaken to bring us into more effective cooperation with Christ and his kingdom. A discipline does nothing more, but then it t- changes us to be in better cooperation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I'm, I'm enjoying this series. In some ways, this series is challenging me. In other ways, I know some of you, we talked about fasting last week, self-restraint, and some of you started fasting different things, and I had lunch with someone who was fasting, and they're fasting bread, and I had the most delicious bread I ever had in my life across the table from them, and I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that you were fasting bread, but this bread is really good, right? So fasting can be challenging in our lives as well. There's a scripture in 1 Peter 2. It says this, Beloved, I beg you, this is Peter speaking, he says, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts that war against the soul. God is asking us to do this. The key verse that we have is out of Psalm 46. If we want to put that up, this is the key verse we've been talking about for this whole series. It says this, it says, be still. The comma is for to pause. You know what a comma does? A comma is for us to stop for a second, interestingly enough. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Since I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. And then verse 11 says this, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This whole point of being still, slowing down, fasting, Sabbathing, slowing, stopping, all the things that we've been talking about so that we know that he is God. And when we stop and we pause for a second, the rest of that verse 11 basically says this, we can then know that he's with us. He's always with us. We just sometimes don't realize it. The Bible says he's never left us. He never forsakes us. Which means when we don't feel like he's there, it's because we're not realizing he is there. He is with us and he is our, he is the Lord. Amen. So the different spiritual disciplines, we got a chart. We've done, I think we already did stopping. We've done self-restraint. And this morning I'm going to talk about silence and solitude. We're going to combine these two together. They go very much hand in hand. Silence and solitude. Uh, all of the introverted people uh, gave an amen. They were, they were waiting for this one. In fact, those who knew what was happening, they're probably watching online. Because they're like, I'm going to practice the solitude during church service and be on my own. Right? All the introverts are just like, this is the greatest one. The extroverts are looking at me saying, I don't believe this is biblical. <laughs> it is, it is, and we're going to look at that. It is definitely biblical, uh, but I do, I do believe that 
This silence and solitude is so extremely important in our life. Because if you walk outside, if you look at your phone, if you drive down the street, we are bombarded, bombarded with noise and distraction. Noise and distraction. Even my phone's alarm clock is annoying. Right? I can't find a ringtone that I like to wake up from. It's just the phone itself can be just so annoying and distracting in our lives. There's an incredible book that I, we've read recently. Actually, we read it about a year ago. I would highly recommend, I don't normally recommend books uh, other than the book, which I always recommend. Uh, but there's a book called uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, actually brought into our family by my daughter Anna as well, uh, by John Mark Comer. He's a pastor out in the Seattle area, I believe. And it is just a fantastic book that walks through, actually, some of the things that we're talking about in this series. But he just goes, and I'm not going to go through the statistics, he goes through the how many times we reach for our phone. How many times, you know, Go check your phone after this and check your, how many times you unlocked your phone in the past week. Like, oh my gosh, like, we are com- totally, totally, like, connected. It's like it's become one of our companions. And it's not just our phones. There's digital distraction everywhere. And what that digital distraction is doing is it's taking us away from being present in the moment. This distraction, this noise, is taking us away from being in the moment. In fact, now, I mean, it's even like our phones are waterproof. Like, the shower's not even off limits now. Right? Come on, I can get a podcast in while I'm in the shower. But it's just like in our, in our phone, all right, how about, how, many's, how many have your phones connected to your car? Right, a lot of us. So when you go in and you turn it on, whatever was going on on your phone before you got in the car just automatically starts while you're in the car. It's like it doesn't even give you the option to say no. It just comes on. Whatever song you were listening to, whatever podcast you had on. And this world is just trying to infiltrate our minds and our thoughts with information, with noise. And not that any some of the stuff we're listening to is bad or wrong, but it's just sometimes noise. And there's too much of it. That feeling, how many love that feeling when the power goes off in the house? Some of us are like, man, that's a, I don't like that feeling at all, right? Because it's a little bit, it's somewhat disturbing. But if you're ever in your house and you're just like there and the power goes off, it's like, you have no, you don't realize how much noise your refrigerator is making until it stops, right? You're in your house, it's like there's the buzzing of the lights, like, I got LED lights that buzz for some reason. I probably got the wrong wiring. I don't know. Maybe I'm not actually saving money. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it, right? But there's this buzzing going on. There's refrigerators that are making noise. There's kids. Ma- there's all this stuff that's making noise. When the power goes out, the kids stop. And it's like, wow. I actually don't know if I know how to operate in silence. And I believe the Lord is calling us to be able to learn how to operate with some silence and solitude in our lives. Matthew chapter 4, one of the scriptures we have for this week, Matthew chapter 4, it says this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God took Jesus somewhere. 
He took him somewhere to prepare for something. And we, we know long after the next verse that Jesus then fasted for 40 days. But look what he did. He led him by the Spirit into the, into the wilderness. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you that the distractions in Jesus' life, I'm sure were a lot. But I believe that they, we have far more than he had in his life. Walking Now, he says he faced everything that we face, and I get that. And distractions were different then. But the Spirit of God took Jesus, fully man, fully God, took Jesus away to the wilderness to prepare for something in his life. And do we think that we can just begin to prepare for something in our lives and to be able to act as parents and as grandparents and as husbands and wives if we don't get away periodically to the wilderness and spend some time alone with him? Jesus had to do it. Which, guess what? That, well, guess what that means for us? <laughs> we are not exempt from that. Jesus was not exempt from it. We are not exempt from it. He is our model on how to do this life. And it's interesting that when he is in the wilderness, what is he doing? He is spending time with the Father. So our time of solitude, our time of silence, needs to be geared towards time with our Father. The wilderness. What is the wilderness? The wilderness, I, I got a couple definitions. I'll just read this one. I like this one. It's the natural environment on earth that has not been significantly modified by human activity or non-urbanized land, not under extensive agricultural cultivation. That's a mouthful. I didn't put that up there because you guys would be like, what are you talking about? The wilderness is a place where there are no distractions. God is calling us to find a place in our life where there is no noise, no distraction, and no entertainment. I can't tell you how many times that I've gone on a prayer walk and I've taken my phone and not put it on do not disturb and I get about five steps into my prayer walk. How are you not going to check that? You're like, okay, what's going on? Right? And it's probably just the softball team, the 11 of us, messaging all ourselves back and forth about encouraging each other, lift the scripture up, have you seen this new video, this is great, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I'm supposed to be going on my prayer walk, trying to find some solitude, some silence with the Lord, and so there's all these distractions that happen in our life. But this place of no noise, no distractions, and no entertainment, it's not, a, it's not a place of weakness, church. It's not a place of weakness, but it actually is a place of strength. It's actually a place of strength. And here's what I found out. Boredom, boredom, I believe this is in that book. I didn't come up with this. I'll give this John Mark Comer credit. Boredom is a potential portal for prayer. Boredom, nobody wants to be bored anymore. We have so many opportunities not to be bored anymore. We intentionally try to make our kids bored so that they actually are creative to go do something. But in, in adult life, who wants to be bored? Nobody wants to be bored. I want to entertain myself with something. I want to watch something. I want to do something. I want to sleep. I want, like, I want to do, even sleeping feels like doing something sometimes. But this boredom is a potential portal for prayer. 
Imagine if you didn't have your phone. And imagine if you were on the beach somewhere, if that's your, you know, wilderness of choice, which is mine, versus, you know, versus the woods. Maybe some of you have the woods as your location of choice and the moss and the mosquitoes and the ants and all the stuff, whatever. I mean, if that's your feel, you know, that's distracting to me, maybe not to others. But you're there with no distractions and you're just seeing God in everything. And you begin to get bored in the sense that you're just looking around. Like, wow, look at how amazing God is. And when we sit there for just a few minutes, or ten minutes, or a half hour, at least in my own life, I begin to pray and seek the Lord. Because I got nothing. I'm a, what else are you going to do? This is fantastic. I'm going to begin to pray and seek the Lord. And I tell you what, for me, and I encourage all of you, this is not like, you know what, Pastor Jason said it, tomorrow I'm going out for about five or six hours in complete silence and solitude, and it's going to be amazing. I'll tell you what, after three minutes, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do it. So I would encourage you guys, just even start small. Start with a couple minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. But get alone with the Lord. Find that wilderness place. So I'll talk about the steps here in a minute. Luke 5, verse 16 says this. It's talking about Jesus. So he himself, I love this. The spirit, previously we saw, the spirit took him to the wilderness. And what Jesus learned from the time in the wilderness is, hey, this is actually not all that bad. So now Jesus' life we see over and over and over again that he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. It doesn't say the Spirit led him on this one. The Spirit led him on the first time and said, hey, Jesus, look at this. Look at what time alone with your Father is all about. And look what it does. And Jesus is like throughout his entire ministry, he's like, I remember that first time, I'm going to do it again. I remember that first time, I'm going to do it again. You know what, I'm in the midst of a situation, I'm going to do it again. Do you know after his first day of ministry, Jesus' first day of ministry, he took a mini sabbatical and went off and prayed and got alone with the Father. One day of ministry, Whoop. Jesus taking a break, going to be with the Father. And we think like we can just parent day after day and go and go and go and go and never pause and take a minute out to have some silence and solitude with our Father? Huh, it's not possible. And everyone who's trying is failing, including me, right? I've been there, I've done that. I'm preaching to myself. It says he often withdrew. You know what often means? Often, a lot. We don't need a dictionary for that one to get fancy or creative often means on a regular basis. It was part of his life. It was a discipline, a spiritual discipline that Jesus did that he's calling us to do as well. It happened a lot. In the Bible, we see that Jesus continually withdrew from people, all the introverts, hallelujah, from daily activities, from the demands of his ministry to get alone with the Father and pray. If you look, that Jesus' solitude is actually all throughout the Gospels. It didn't just happen at the beginning of his ministry. He ended his ministry, at the, well, at the very end of his ministry, in the garden, doing what? Getting alone with the Father and praying. So Jesus' entire ministry is marked from beginning 
to end with times of silence and solitude with his father. It's how he began his ministry, how he made important decisions, how he dealt with troubling emotions, how he dealt with constant demands, how he taught his disciples, how he prepared everything that Jesus did was sprinkled in with the silence and solitude. And I'm not going to read all these verses, and I don't have them up, so it's okay that you don't have to look for them. But if you read through the first three chapters of Mark, the first three chapters of Mark, you will see it happen over and over and over again. He got up, he went to a solitary place. He went, he went to the wilderness. In preparation before meeting with his disciples, he went and prayed. He got alone with the Father. Once again, he went outside beside the lake. Jesus did a lot of lake stuff, a lot of water stuff. So those who love the beach and water, Jesus did a lot of that. But he also went to the mountains and prayed as well, and he got out. So Jesus covers it all, amen? Literally covers it all. It was part of his life. Let's define solitude for a second. Let's define solitude for a second. I believe I do have this up there. Solitude is to purposely abstain from interactions with other human beings. To purposely abstain from interactions with other human beings. It's denying ourselves the companionship that we all actually desire and want. And all that comes from our interaction with each other. This solitude is choosing to be alone and to dwell in the presence of the Lord. And can I tell you something? It's not easy. If it was easy, y'all be doing it. One, it's not easy to get away, and we have to be intentional. We'll talk about that in a minute. But two, when we are in solitude and when we have no distractions, our minds start going, right? It is actually difficult for us to be able to slow down. And it's a practice. It's something that takes time, intentionality, and effort. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But here is what I have found out. That when we do that, we can return from those times as completely free. Free from a lot of those things that we went into that time carrying and the burden that we are carrying with it. So if that's solitude, then what is silence? Silence is this, is to purposely abstain from all sound. You're like, all of it? Okay, well, you're not going to shut all the birds down. You don't have to walk around with Apple's noise-canceling, you know, AirPods in in order for this to work. So there's sounds of nature. There's but what I'm talking about here is abstaining from the podcast even the music, you're like, well, I just, it's okay, we can worship for a little bit. We have to have time with the Lord where there is even just no sound infiltrating our ears. And silence really has two aspects of it. There's an external aspect of sound, which we all know, right? It's the sounds coming in. But how many of you also know there's an internal silence that we need to work on as well? That internal silence of our minds replaying yesterday's conversation over and over and over, and then playing ahead tomorrow's conversation over and over and over. But when we get alone with the Lord and we begin to silence those external things and we ask the Lord to teach us and show us how to silence the internal things as well, he begins, to, he begins really to heal us in a way and refresh us in a way and to, and to just really encourage us in so many ways that it is an amazing time with the Lord. I have a testimony along this line. Uh, babe, I'm going to share. I'm going to share all of it. But <laughs> Liz and I 
got into probably one of the biggest fights we ever had in our marriage like a couple weeks ago. Okay? Yes, this happens. Oh, Pastor Jason, Pastor Liz, they actually have disagreements, and they put their so lovey-dovey, and they kiss each other in church. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, that's great, because we've, you know, we've reconciled in some way. But I'll tell you what, it was a Monday night, and oh, what's that, huh? It was a doozy, is what she called it. It was a doozy. Now, look, our marriage is wonderful. It's amazing, and we actually don't fight all that much. But this one, it felt good, yeah. For those who enjoy interaction like that, it felt good. For those who don't, I'm not sure how well it felt. Uh, but anyway, it was a doozy. I mean, it was like a, it was, you know, gloves off, you know, verbal. I mean, it was just, it was, a, it was quite, a big, quite a big fight. And boy, I wish I remember all the things that it was about. I probably should. Anyway, but <laughs> what was that fight about again? Okay, that's right. She was right. I was wrong. That's all we need to remember about it all. No, I'm just kidding. So we had this really big fight, and I really, and by the grace of God, I had the ability, actually the very next day, I really felt the Lord said, dude, talking to me, you need to get away for a couple hours. You just need to get, you need to get alone with me. And I sent these guys an email in the morning. I said, hey, guys. I'm canceling my meetings. I'm not going into church work today. I'm going to get alone with the Lord at the beach for a couple hours this morning. And I just went. I said, Lord, I just need, I just need, I need you right now. I'm struggling. I'm having difficulties. I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm upset. I don't know what's going on. I've got to make decisions. All the world is just swirling around me. And I got into the biggest fight I've almost ever got into, probably the biggest one with my wife in my entire life. I have to just get away. Because my inclination, my flesh was just keep going forward. Just move forward. Just set up another meeting. Just distract yourself. You know, put on some worship music. Go pray for five minutes and just distract yourself. Distract yourself. Go to another meeting. Set up something else. Go work on flag football because I'm going to flag football coach with, my, with Jairus this year. Go find something else to do so that you will not make progress and move forward and hear from me. That's the enemy talking. That was the enemy talking. And I went to the beach and I turned off my phone. Thank goodness there's no signal at the beach. You know, depending on what beach you go to, you don't get signal there anyway, uh, especially beach six and seven. And I just spent time. I took a chair, plopped it seven o'clock in the morning. There wasn't a single person there. And I just sat there and I looked at the waves. Started wave after wave. Why are those rocks out there anyway? You know, why do I got to look at the rocks? This is a huge lake and I got to stare at rocks. And why do they write signs on them? Don't climb on the rock. Of course you're not supposed to climb on the rock, right? And so you're there, and I'm trying to get silence and solitude, and I'm just fussing at everything, and the seagulls are, meh, 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 meh. Like they're flying at me, and they're doing all these things. I'm like, Lord, I am here for a reason, for a purpose. Lord, help me. And I just begin to, I said, Lord, I just need to silence my mind. I'm going to take a breath, and I'm just going to hear from you. I'm just going to see you in creation right now. And it took, I mean, it took some time. It took me some time. And I had a 
purposely put the seagulls out of my mind, right? Because they were so distracting to me. And I had to purposely, people started coming. I had to put that out of my mind. And I just sat there. And the Lord just began to minister to me. And I have a note on my phone. I did have my phone with me, but I had it on, do not disturb. Had my phone with me so I could just take notes and voice memo it because I hate typing on my phone. I can't see it right. And I'm just voice memoing, voice memoing, voice memoing what the Lord was speaking to me of. And he challenged me in some ways. He encouraged me in some ways. He told me certain things I need to do for my marriage. He showed me lies that I was believing. How are you going to know the lies you're believing unless you don't ask him and seek him and let him show you those things? And it took, I don't know how many, it was only a couple hours. And I texted Liz, and I was just like, man, I had a great time at the beach. She was like, well, come home and see me. It's like, hallelujah. <laughs> Going back, right? And so I went back home, and we had a nice day. But I tell you what, the note that I took, I still go back to. It was on, actually on August 2nd, I believe is what the note says. It was August 2nd. So there you go. How many weeks ago was that? Three, four. On August 2nd. And the Lord just ministered to me. And I'll go back and I'll read that note again. And I'll read that note again. And I'll read that note again. But that would not have happened if I did not intentionally say, I need to stop. I need to have some time alone. And that would not have happened if my family didn't say, you know what? You need to stop. <laughs> And we're going to orchestrate it so you can have some time alone. And those who live with someone, spouses together, you have to help each other get to this place. You actually have to encourage each other to get to this place. You have to help each other. Fathers, dads, you got to say, you know what? I'll take the kids. Honey, go spend four hours at the beach or whatever you want to go. And just go hear from the Lord. you imagine what your wife would say? You walk in and do that. Hallelujah. You'll be happy. It'll be good. It'll all be good. Wives, same thing for your husbands. You guys are very, you know, not men that were not intuitive, but a lot of times we're not intuitive. And ladies, you know, you can sense what's going on in our lives, and it's okay for you ladies to say, babe, I love you. <laughs> you need to go. You have to go and find some time. And get with the Lord. And if you live alone, it might be a little bit easier. If you're a single mom with kids, it can be a little more difficult. But there are people around that will help you, that are willing to help you make that happen. And sometimes as a single mom, you have to get up early, or you've got to stay up late, you've got to do what you've got to do to find that quiet time with the Lord. And I believe this spiritual discipline is, it happens not just, I think it's a daily thing to some extent, and that can range from a few minutes to an hour, whatever it looks like in your day. But there also has to be times of silence and solitude intentionally planned out in your life where you get away for a little bit of an extended period of time. So the first thing, how do we do this? I'm gonna just, we'll end with this with the house, right? Everyone likes to know the how. How do we do it? We have to schedule the time. Number one, we gotta schedule the time. You have to be intentional to schedule it. Here's what I wrote down. Well, I think I might try and hope that maybe tomorrow I'll take a few minutes at lunch at some point and maybe try to pray to the Lord. That ain't going to work. Do you know how many times? You will be distracted in so many ways, the enemy will be like, yo, <laughs> look at that. There's no way that person's going to be able to. I will distract them so much, you'll even forget that you thought about it. 
doing it. You have to be intentional about scheduling it. I mean, go after it. Go after it. If you all had a meeting scheduled with me personally, one-on-one, at lunch at noon, you think you'd rearrange your schedule and make sure you got there? Me. Are you kidding me? Me. Jesus. God. Father. The creator of all things who loves you more than I love you wants to have a time and a meeting space with you in silence and solitude with you and we believe it's somewhat optional and like we're not actually going to schedule it. It needs to be intentional in your life. You have to take a priority and schedule it. Now, daily, it can be a shorter amount of time. I truly believe that at least monthly, and we have not been doing this in our life. I'm working on it. Well, I just did one. But monthly getting away for a longer period of time. How many of you know in your life is what gets prioritized gets done? What gets prioritized gets done. So we have to make this scheduling this time a priority in our life. It doesn't have to be in the morning. It doesn't have to be at night. As the Lord leads you, you have to find the time to have silence and solitude with him. Second thing you need to do is you need to find the place. you got to schedule the time, but you got to find the place. So those of you with kids, in your kid's bedroom is not the place. All right, we laugh at that. But what we do is we try to find a place that actually is filled with distractions all over the place. In our house, it's almost impossible unless you wake up at 4.30 in the morning which is what I do now, to have my silence and solitude on a daily basis, you have to find the place that you are comfortable with to be able to do the time of silence and solitude with the Lord. If you're doing an extended time, I do recommend it's out in God's creation somewhere that has not been, you know, I mean, God bless you if you can walk through downtown Erie and have a time of silence and solitude I love the city of Erie. I love downtown. I have a heart for downtown. But that's not where I can spend silence and solitude time. Just can't do it. Can't do it. Too many distractions. Too much need. Too many people to talk to. Too many dollar bills to give out of my wallet. Because I never come back from downtown with money in my wallet. That's just the way it goes. That's just me. But what I'm saying is, is you have to find the place. Find the place where you are able to connect and to commune with the Lord. And then the point number three is you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan. You can't just show up and be like, you know, I, when I went to that time of solitude and silence at the beach, I was like, Lord, I'm bringing my Bible. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to pray a little bit. I'm going to maybe sing my own worship song and just have a plan in place. And you can Google these things. There are a thousand things you can do of times, but this silence and solitude just says, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to quiet myself down. I'm going to read your word, and then I'm just going to sit in your presence and listen what you have to do. Jake, if you want to come back up here. Here's some, just a tip that I have for me during my time in the morning. One, I do have to get up earlier than my entire family in order to have that quiet time and not be distracted by the next person getting up with the Keurig uh, machine and snapping it and hitting the button, right? A lot, of, a lot of people in our house come in and snap the Keurig button down and go. But I get to do it first at 4.30, intentionally earlier than everybody else. And I do my time, but you know, when I begin to seek the Lord in true silence, I go for a walk. I head outside. And what happens in my own mind is my mind is just churning and turning and churning and turning. And I'll tell you what, here's the one thing I would recommend, this is what I do. 
is every morning I will say the Lord's Prayer on my walk. I know exactly where I start, and if I missed it, I know that I missed it on the location on my walk, right, after, right at my neighbor's house. It's a yellow house on the left-hand side. I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the day, about this, about that, right? I just prayed a little bit. I, you know, I read my Bible. I'm like, just going, going, going. And the Lord's just like, just stop for a second and breathe. And I say the Lord's Prayer about as slowly and painfully as you could ever possible imagine. It's never painful. And I just say, one verse, one line at a time. Our Father. And I just stop for a second. And I walk. Our Father. And I'm moved by who he is and what he's done and his love for me. Who art in heaven. And I just begin to reflect that he is in heaven preparing a place for me. And that he loves me. And that he cares for me. And that Jesus is at his right hand. Just close our eyes this morning. I know we don't have silence in here, and there's kids and there's papers, and we got the keyboard beautifully playing. But I just want us to try to quiet our minds for a second. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom And the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. With everyone's eyes closed and heads still bowed. I just want to say a prayer over each one of you that although it may be difficult and challenging at times, that each of you would find times of silence in solitude, spending time with our Father who is in heaven. So, Father, we just lift up this church to you.
every person here, every person who's watching or listening, myself, my family. Lord, we just want more of you. To have more of you, Lord, you ask us to spend time with you, to know you more. Father, help us to be still so that we can know. Lord, help us to be still. To find the time and the place and have a plan to just be in communion with you on a regular, daily basis. That, Lord, you will give us creative ideas to carve out time, whether it's weekly or monthly, to have an extended time in the wilderness with you. Seeking you, Father, we trust that the promise of your healing touch, your encouraging touch, will manifest those times. And Father, we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, you guys can look up here. We're going to close service here. We've got a couple prayer teams that will be coming up front. Uh, if you need prayer for anything in your life, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation, it says. And you, I encourage you to come up here. These people will pray with you. They'll lead you to the Lord. If you've got healing need in your life, if you've got anything going on in your life, relationship need, I would encourage you to come up here and let these guys pray with you today. And as we leave, I just have a benediction for you out of 1 Thessalonians. It says this. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father and at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful week. Go find some silence and solitude.